The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. Well, hello, everyone. I also feel so awkward saying hi, but hi, it's me again. Today, I have on a very special person who I think is one of the funniest bitches I've ever met. And I've probably been friends with her longer than she would say we've been friends <laughs> because I, w- I was a fan of her. I was such a huge, huge fan of, of her show back in the day on Cosmo Radio. I have Taylor Stricker. Go Hey, girl. Hey, see, if I had a hey, girl, hey, I would feel a lot more comfortable sort of sliding into these podcasts, but I suck. (laughs) Yeah, hey, girl, hey. It's so crazy now that that's like so attached to my brand. I actually, you know, with everything that's going on in the world, like in my radio show, my rotation, a new co-host in the rotation, her name is Mackenzie Green. She's amazing. And she's black. And so I was like, yo, bitch, straight up. Is this appropriation? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what did she, she was say? Like, I'm not going to say it back to you, but like she won't like when I say, hey, girl, hate her. She's like, hey, but, but she said, <laughs> no, I'm going to say it's not appropriation. She's like, you've used it for so long. And it's like, it, it's, it's like a, a girl exchange moniker. But like, I had a moment where I was like, am I going to have to change? Hey, girl, hey, like, who am I without? Hey, girl, hey? <laughs> I think it's okay for now. But hey, girl, hey, it's so weird. You, it's just like, it's so good. It came about like so randomly. And it just stuck. What I really learned about this business is like, especially audio in particular, but I mean, probably same with like, just like being in the public eye, whether it's video or audio, but I feel like the audience tells you what your things are. You don't, you don't get to choose. That scares me because people that watch the show are probably people that are going to listen to this and they've had some interesting thoughts about me and opinions. And I hope those, <laughs> I hope it's a little different. Like the things that the, the audience that likes you hangs on to, like they're like, oh, when she says this, we like it and we, we repeat it to each other. And then it like becomes like your thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, so far they just want me to like get drunk and yell at people. Oh, I'm here for that. The bar is really low for me. So <laughs> that's, that's the way to start. You only have only you only have up to go. That's the best. You as a genius. Well, today I'm very hungover. Just you and Tom got after it last night. A couple other friends, we were all here listening to the new T Swift album. Nothing makes you get drunk and fucked up like Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, okay, first I was watching the Dodgers game, then Taylor Swift, and then Emo Screamo karaoke. Oh my God. Three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Singing Taking Back Sunday. I woke up this morning and I was like, I might had no voice. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to talk today. It's so funny to me when I hear that. Like I I always like, of course I know that like you like met me on Cosmo Radio first. It always it like blows my mind when when we reference it just because I've known you for so long now. We've been friends for so long. And it is like, it's crazy to be like, oh my God, Katie was like... In my mind, we've been with friends even longer. <laughs> How did you even find Cosmo Radio? My mom my mom was like, oh my God. Like, because I, I was taking over her car and I was, there was Sirius XM Radio. And she was like, oh my God. 
like you have to listen to Cosmo Radio. Taylor in the morning. It's Wake Up with Taylor. And she's so funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I just love listening to her. I feel like we're friends. And then she's like, and then you gotta listen to Cocktails Patrick. Oh, man. Oh. And then the stories unfold. <laughs> Remember that fight in my apartment? It was you. No. <laughs> I can please let me tell a story. You can tell it. So tell it, was, it, it was, please. It was, I saw Tequila Katie, but like in the flesh. <laughs> So it was me. Okay. So it was after my divorce. So I was in like my first new apartment. It was before I was in my studio. I was in my one bedroom because I was like, after my divorce, I was like, I need to spoil myself so I don't go running back to my rich ex-husband. So I got this apartment that I could not afford, but it was still like super tiny. But so we had a kitchen table or I did because it was my apartment. And it was, so it was you, Stassi, your mom, me, and my girlfriend, Taylor, all in the kitchen, sitting around the table, drinking and just getting fucked up and talking. Somehow we got to the, like, the fact that your mom was like, I was like the OG Taylor fan. And then you were like, well, I was really close afterwards. And then we started just talking about Cosmo Radio. And then it was at the time that Stassi and Patrick were like on again, off again, but they were like back on again. And you were like, as a good friend, like adamantly against it. And you were like, listen, I'm just gonna be honest. I don't like Patrick. And then, and like somehow, I don't even know how we got from like point A to point J, but like it ended with you being like, I wish I never introduced you to Cosmo Radio. <laughs> and you like storm out. I literally physically was blocking the door, like, Katie, don't leave like this. And your mom and Toby, like, Cosmo Radio was not for you, Stassi. <laughs> <laughs> It was wild. God. It was wild. It was wild. You got to get down with that dysfunction, don't oh, you? I love it. I do. Been bared witness to the tequila, Katie. <laughs> I love it. It's a real joy. Oh, don't worry. I've got like, <laughs> I mean, Scotch Strecker and I've got like tequila Tay Tay. I've got every different, like, you know, like wind out. I don't know. I don't know any alliteration for that. I haven't had like a, a good solid like rage in a while. Like, I think I might be due. I think I'm, I think it might be like a good sort of like exercise for me to just, <laughs> just you would think during this like quarantine where it's like, we're all kind of, there's all this kind of recreational outrage happening around us that like people are just pissed off at anything. And that's just, it's like this just sweet fucking release that they get off of just like yelling at everything and everyone. Like yeah. That's what I'm, I'm convinced people are doing on social media. It's like, there's so much anger and like visceral. I mean, even like just recently, I don't know, like it, 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 like time-wise when this is going to air, but this week that we're doing this, we wore what? Danielle Bernstein. I just was talking about on my radio show and she's like in a fuck ton of trouble. There was a uh, woman who reached out to her wanting to send her face yeah, mask. a Latin-based company. A Latina woman had face masks. And so Danielle was like, Hey, that's really great. I love, like, I love your face mask. Send me one. I just want you to know I'm also coming out with like linen face masks with a chain, which I've seen those everywhere. There's really nothing like original about that idea. It is tough. Well, what happened was first the, the exchange was like, yes, sure. Send me the masks. That's great. I like these two colors. And then I like, Oh, a bit after it was like, oh, by the way, I'm making these masks. So I looked at the I looked at the dates because the woman had reached out to her like three times, sending her stuff, and then she responded. And it really wasn't the span of it wasn't. It was only like a couple like weeks maybe or something. But she never even got the masks from one. Maybe they got lost in the mail with Leanne Locken's wedding invitations from Real Housewives of Dallas. <laughs> 
I don't I don't have the reference for that. I don't watch Dallas Housewives. Might have the cast and they were like, oh, thanks for inviting us. And rather than be like, I don't like you, which is the truth. She was just like, oh, did you know that actually with the U.S. post system, this is crazy. But actually, like, like they lose like 45 percent of the mail. That's just a fact. They're like, OK, so then just give then, me the information. Me, yeah. She's like, exactly, mm. exactly. So did you hear that? Like 35 percent of all emails get lost in the Internet. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Something I would say like, oh my God, like, and then like, as I'm like quickly responding, right. let me go ahead and resend that. Oh, Danielle, but you know, the thing is whether you like think that she's a monster or like you can see her perspective, I will say this, but she was, she just recently, she went to the police and called lawyers because she's getting death threats. And people showing up to her house. That's the point of like the, like the, just the visceral reaction people have. Like, you know, like somebody, somebody said like you, you gross mayo cracker. <laughs> Yeah, go kill yourself. Like, oh, she, they said, I hope you get raped and killed. Like, listen, if you want to come for somebody and call them a mayo cracker, that's, honestly, that's fine. I'm here. I think it's kind of fucking funny. But <laughs> saying, I hope you get raped and killed. Okay, let's say she did do what she's being accused of doing, right? Like stealing a, an, an idea from a, a Latina woman for face masks when she like has so much privilege. Yeah, you can be mad at her, but you should never wish for anybody to get raped and killed. I think that punishment don't fit the crime, honey. So like, that's like, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, there people are just really angry right now and so divided. It's like, have even like one opinion out of like a hundred that's not in line with me. You're my sworn enemy. I want to talk about getting down and dirty in the kitchen, that is. <laughs> I've said before that I am not a good cook. It's very intimidating to me. And also, I'm not a good shopper. So I, I I don't know how to successfully shop so I can prepare delicious meals at home. But I found a way to fake it. And that is with Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company with recipes for every lifestyle. So if you're vegan, vegetarian, paleo, keto, or anything in between, there's something for you. Or even if you want to try out a different kind of diet, if you want to be a vegetarian, Green Chef is going to make that super easy for you because they have so many delicious options to choose from. And you get to mix it up every single week. So it's like having a little restaurant inside your house. You can be like, honey, here's the menu for the week. What should we make tonight? And then it's so easy to do because all the ingredients are pre-measured, perfectly proportioned, and mostly prepped. So you just put a little pan on the stove or heat your oven. There's step-by-step instructions with pictures. And you can just be your own Bobby Flay, which I think is amazing. (laughs) And the best part is, is I have a discount code. If you go to greenchef.com slash YGLM90 and use the discount code YGLM90, you're going to get $90 off plus free shipping. Think about what you spend $90 on. This is is an incredible savings. So go to greenchef.com slash YGLM90 and use code YGLM90 for $90 off and free shipping. Hey guys, I'm Maddie Orlando. And I'm Lauren Orlando. As you probably guessed, we're sisters. And we're also co-hosts of the podcast, The Sister Diary. Every week, we let our listeners into real life conversations like the ones that we have at home. We have an eight-year age gap, so we always have a different perspective on things, but that makes it pretty fun. We talk about navigating life, growing up on social media, and pretty much anything else that we find interesting. You can catch a new episode of The Sister Diary every Friday.
That's what this whole cancel culture has been like so ramped up and people are like hopping on that bandwagon like crazy. And I, I've never been a fan of cancel culture. I've never understood the purpose. I always thought it was just like, kind of just like such like who these people are that puts them in a position of like being like the morality police or getting to decide because I'm just like, dude, if we looked at your life under a microscope or not even, I'm sure you're not perfect either. So like when you go around wanting to cancel this person because they said something that you don't like or something, and I'm not talking about like criminal, I'm not talking about people that like rape and pillage. You're like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, we can cancel you. It's called, you get a life sentence in prison. There's a difference between canceling someone and someone getting like prison time. So like there's, yes, yeah, yes. exactly. Committing a crime and convicted for a crime that they actually committed. That's, I, I, I want to say that. Yeah. Like a Jeffrey Epstein, for example. Ghislaine Maxwell, yeah. like bye. 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 Bye-bye. Yes cancel culture because it's this whole thing about like creating like a movement and rallying people and like campaigning to take a person down, which is just a weird cause and purpose. I'm like, if I had that kind of time, I could get a lot of other things in my life done <laughs> right now, especially because I know a lot of the cancel culture movements about, you know, Black Lives Matter and surrounding that. And right now it's just trying to find the space, the, the, the balance of like holding space for people and educating and and allowing them to like have new ideas because a lot of a lot of the ideas I've had are newer ideas. So I want to hope that like even though we're not all gonna get there at the same time, we gotta give people a little like time to catch up and wake up and and do you know that work within themselves. But I think that's when this cancel culture needs to be like canceled because we're not going to get anywhere. Well, it's interesting because, okay, so like just the other day I was talking about somebody who was like a civil rights activist that passed away. I don't want to like say, I don't want to give too many details because I don't want people to be like, you're a fucking idiot because somebody already told me I was a fucking idiot. And the truth is I am a fucking idiot. And I'm, 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 I'm still like, you know, my eyes have been like, I've definitely was raised a very white privileged person. And I didn't see or recognize my privilege for a very long time. And I would say, like, after George Floyd's death, I it, like my white privilege hit me like a motherfucking ton of bricks. And I've been like engaged in doing the work ever since. And it's uncomfortable, but it's important. There's definitely some like you know growing pains in the in the process, like all these different like things. But like I just kind of keep pushing ahead in the discomfort, and I'm getting so comfortable being uncomfortable, which is a great thing. Like we all need to get to that point. But some people are having a hard time, like even letting themselves get, get uncomfortable. And that, like, I want to encourage anybody who's like there, like push through the discomfort because I promise you everybody else that's been doing the work, we've all been uncomfortable too and said stupid things. You're not alone. Things. Yeah. Exactly. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, even though I'm, I'm, I'm engaged now and I'm doing the work, I still continue to fuck up and make mistakes. And I did it just the other day. Just the other day, I was talking about this man who had passed away a couple weeks ago. And I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, I was like referencing it. And I was like, yeah, you know, so-and-so guy. And I said his last name. I didn't say his full name. I just said his last name. And my friend was like, so-and-so guy? You mean this amazing? And I was like, I know now. And I'm like, listen. And I, and I said, just to be clear, I don't know anybody from history's name. Like, not no, nobody. <laughs> like, I'm just a straight-up moron. And, and, I, and I said to my <laughs> friend, I was like, listen. And my friend, like, laughed at me. Like, you're a fucking idiot. And I was like, I know I'm a fucking idiot. And I said, but, like, listen, you have to, like, 
I get it. You can make fun of me a little bit, but like, I know now and that's what matters. And like, I'm, and I, and I'm acknowledging that not knowing that like makes me sound like ignorant or stupid or whatever. My friend didn't cancel me because I didn't, wasn't as knowledgeable as them or, and you know, maybe it came off as disrespectful to my friend, which I didn't mean it for at all. I was just kind of like doing a million things at once. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And this person like referred to them by the last name. And maybe my friend saw it as like a sign of disrespect, but regardless, I kind of, I, I did take a moment to say to them, I haven't been doing the work as long as you've been doing it. And I think that you're so amazing for knowing so much more than me, but like, just because I don't know as much as you and I haven't for a long time, doesn't mean that like, I still don't have the respect in the space to grow. So like, can we just like let that go and like focus on what's important kind of a thing. Kind of a sign of virtue signaling. That's when it becomes not productive and that's not progress when other people are like putting other people down because they're not, not as knowledgeable on the topic. When they're trying to learn, you know, it's like, you got to like, don't look at somebody like, oh, that was so stupid that you said that. It's like, who are you? <laughs> it is very interesting because I feel like, you know, that's not necessarily cancel culture, but it's like this mentality of like, you know, when someone doesn't know, rather than like mocking them, be like, oh, let me, like I do know. So let me explain it to you. When it, things become like, let's say political, right? And I know that Black Lives Matter, it shouldn't be political. It's just about, you know, being a humanitarian, but it, has become political. Fucking coronavirus is political now. That's a that's a wearing that's a mask a is political. Like, that's what can be like. <laughs> oh, like everything now is tied to politics, and I feel like historically, I was somebody who was like, I don't really want to engage in political conversations because I feel like even if you're on the same side, you end up fucking fighting because it's like a lot of ego gets involved and a lot of like I know more than you, you don't even know. And like, and I'm saying like I've been in like screaming matches with people who had the exact same politics is me. So it's like, how, why are we fighting? It's like a, like, it's yeah. like the ultimate <laughs> dick measuring contest. And I think that's why politics in general are just like political realm is just so toxic just in its, its very nature. But I do think that like, we have to really like, when it comes to all this, like come from, this sounds like, so like woo woo and like, like, you know, like, you know, no duh Taylor, but like, I think trying to always come from a place of compassion like over, over being right or putting someone in their place or saying like, you can tell someone they're wrong in a very gentle way versus like a very harsh way. And so I think if we could all just like, and again, like Captain Obvious over here, but if like we could all just try to just be a little kinder and offer a little more grace to everybody we encounter, regardless of the circumstance, I think we could actually start to make the world we live in a lot less divisive and like harmful and just like, we have to work together to get shit accomplished, you know? Y'all know how much I love wine. Well, I have found the holy grail of wines. It's called Usual Wine, and it's for the modern drinker. And let me explain why. You know those nights when you just want a glass or two of wine to decompress from your day, so you pop open a bottle, you pour yourself a glass, and then you put the wine back. And then a couple of days later, you come back and the bubbles are flat. It just tastes gross. So now you got to dump it down the sink. And that's a total waste and tragedy in my mind. Well, usual wines are single serve gorgeous bottles. They're 6.3 ounces. So that's about a glass and a half of wine, or as I like to call it, the at-home pour. But you're going to get the perfect glass every single time with zero waste. Usual Wines has a red blend, a rosé, and a sparkling white wine called Brut. And all are made 
from world-class AVAs, it's American Viticultural Area, in California, such as Napa, Sonoma, and Santa Barbara, and are made with minimal intervention, zero sugar, and zero additives. And right now, Usual Wine has a special holiday product. It's called Ultra Reserve, and it's an ultra-premium, limited-edition Mount Viter Cabernet Sauvignon. And this is the most special wine yet, just in time for holidays. Hailing from one of the most celebrated plots of land in all of Napa, this Cabernet Sauvignon is concentrated and rich with just enough grip. Gift it to someone special or keep it all for yourself. Go to their website, www.usualwines.com and use my discount code, LOVEME, $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. Cheers. Taylor looks like she's being like held, <laughs> like she's kidnapped. I'm looking at some like beams. Only quiet space my girlfriend's parents house. We're outside of Philadelphia. So we haven't seen Kate's family since my birthday, which was February 22nd because of the you know pandemic and quarantine. We got COVID tests because her dad's high risk. And so we finally had a chance to like get to come out here and spend some time with them. So I'm working, you know, we're here, but we're also working. So I'm, this is my office in the unforeseeable future. And every time we do anything video, people are like, Blink twice if you need help. Are you like, are you with <laughs> R. Kelly right now? <laughs> like, I know. Oh my it's God. crazy. There's also like a weird like light that hits right behind you that like when you move your head, it kind of- the only blows. outlet that I have <laughs> so to plug my computer into. How long are you guys I there for? I don't know. I have no idea. Like, Really? I, have you guys been going crazy? Like, because you guys have like this nice, huge, like beautiful apartment in Jersey City. So well, like- Well, the thing is, is that, you know, so, well, what happened was we went to- we went to my parents legit for the weekend. So my mom's birthday was like end of May and the Memorial Day was like the, the same weekend as my mom's birthday. And Mother's Day was like a couple weeks before that. And so obviously we didn't go home for any of that. We weren't seeing anybody. We were like, we were like A++++ students when it came to quarantining. I kind of, not my parents didn't guilt trip me, but like they kind of like, they kind of did. Like, I'll say this. I bought my mom a hot tub for her birthday because I felt so like I like I was like the typical like divorced dad that was like I'll buy you a car when you turn 16 just love me like I was like what can I get her <laughs> yeah. that's gonna like like make her love me again but she was just like she missed me so much and she was like this is like so crazy she was just like having quarantine like like blues like they call it like oh quarantine fatigue you know she was like well will this be over I was like mom we're oh, yeah. doing this for you you know like, I was getting so mad at her <laughs> so basically when I finally felt like it was like safe to travel. And actually this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before with like cancel culture and like people being so hard on each other. I was like, uh, there was a lot of reasons why I, I'm in Jersey city. I didn't want to drive to Massachusetts and like, you know, like in the middle of a quarantine, I was worried about picking something up at a gas station on the way there, wh- whatever. But a huge reason why I didn't want to go to see my parents at the end of May was because I was scared that my audience was going to revolt against me and be like, because I was, I was like, I don't lie to my audience, right? Like, I like, I can't. So like, I talk about my life, my radio show every single day of the week. So I'm like, I can't go to like my parents and not admit it. And if I admit it, are people going to cancel? Literally, are people going to cancel me? So I was like scared to go. And I was like trying to explain that to my parents about like, this is like, I'm also scared of like public opinion. And they were like, what? I, they just could not connect 
with that. And they're like, we're safe. You're safe. We don't get it. And I was like, everybody is going crazy and they're going to like cancel me and I won't have a job to pay my bills. <laughs> but like, then like we moved into June and more and more people were like, you know, traveling and it just kind of felt like, like states were opening and like, you know, we've never had really any hardcore guidelines during these quarantine. So it's been hard to make decisions, but I kind of felt like, okay, it's June. I feel like we can like go see my parents and like social distance. And it's just like, whatever. So we went there for a weekend. We didn't leave for three weeks. It was like, crazy. oh my God. But like, it kind of just changed my perspective on everything because I have, I've spent so many years, like, you know, how long I've been doing radio for, like, honestly, we're like on year 15 at this point. Like when you're in radio, daily radio, morning talk radio, you are chained Monday through Friday to your studio, to your location, to a certain time slot. I've never had flexibility only with vacation, you know? And so this is the first time in my, in my adult working life, I've had the freedom to work from home and, you know, work like different hours. So like I've lived, I've just lived a very regimented life. Like if we're going to visit my family or Tay's family or like friends on the weekend, I'm like a psycho on Sundays. I'm like, we got to hit the road. We got to get back. I got to do this time the other. Cause like I had to wake up early Monday, but now like that's different. So I kind of was like, we're never going to be in this situation. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll be in this situation for the rest of our lives. But like, I think that like, there's a lot of bad out of this pandemic, right? Like unemployment, um, obviously death tolls, people are sick. I mean, so much negativity is coming from this, but I think that there is some silver lining. And I think one of the biggest ones is like getting to spend time with our friends and family, most family yeah. for extended period of time. So we've never really had the, like the, the freedom schedule freedom to do. So we're like, fuck it. Let's take advantage of it. Let's just like stay here. As long as we can get our work done, like we can stay here. So we stayed for like three weeks and then we went back to the, back to our apartment. And then Tay was like, well, now that we saw your family, like, I really think it's important to see mine. And I'm like, of course. So here we are. But like, now we live this fucking nomadic life. And now my parents are like, when are you coming back to see us? We missed you. So I'm like, I mean, we have this big, beautiful <laughs> apartment in New Jersey. And I'm like, but I honestly, Katie, right now it's so fucking hot. And we have like a gorgeous roof. Oh, honestly, yeah. we don't have a pool. I was thinking about before I started, because I was like, well, I'm a little nervous because like you're like oh, queen of up. radio. You've been doing like you just <laughs> just take the compliment. You know, Jesus. But I was like, oh, mm, she's been doing this for a long time. And I still am like figuring out how to podcast. <laughs> but I've never I've never asked you how how the hell you got into it to begin with. Like, were you, did you grow up and be like, I want to be on radio? Like, what did you even want to be when you were younger? So when I was younger, I wanted to be like, I was like a theater nerd kid. I like, I, well, I like, I loved, no, I guess the first thing I fell in love with was Annie, the movie. My mom said I was like three. My parents were like super duper poor. My dad was a resident in Washington, DC. Like, you know, my dad paid for his college. He paid for his like, I mean, my parents like just stopped paying off his school loans. Like it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Really? So we oh, were shit. like living like outside of DC and like, you know, this like, you know, they, we were just like dirt poor. And so it was me and my mom in this tiny apartment and she, she would just like put me in front of the TV and put Annie on and I fucking loved it. I memorized the dialogue. I would like sing along with the songs. She said I would even walk out of the room <laughs> when Annie would walk out of the room. <laughs> and <laughs> no. then come back on and say that. Yeah. So like, I was like, whatever. 
So they always knew that like, I love to sing, I love to perform. And so when I was like in elementary school, I started to do like local like community theater and stuff like that and sing. So I always knew I wanted to be like an entertainer. And then like in high school, I started watching like the real world. And I was like, that's my dream. I want to be on the real world, Seattle. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was also grounded a lot in high school. So I had a lot of time to watch television. I wanted to be on TRL. I wanted to be that like a so funny. TV. And that was like, I, I, I didn't love TRL, but like, I, I knew I like, I think my dream is to be like a singer or like a singer actress for a long time. It was Broadway. And then like, I kind of started to like get older and understand what Broadway was. And I was like, that's too much hard work. I can't do that. I'm a capitalist, you know, like I'm like, I'm a true American. I was like, that's not going to pay me enough money. I need to be more richer, more famous. <laughs> I spent a summer in San Francisco with my uncle because my parents wanted to get me away from my boyfriend when I was 17. <laughs> and um, he was a casting director out in San Francisco. And so he did like extra casting and he said to me like, and I interned for him. So I went to like, I, I went in on castings with him and stuff. And he said to me, Taylor, you don't want this life. He's like, I see like 45 year old guys come in in their three piece suits on their lunch breaks or being like in business or like lawyers auditioning. Like it's just a brutal fucking industry. He's like, if you want to be in this industry, you want to be on the business side of this industry. And so he kind of like pooed my dreams, but he was doing it because he was trying to protect me. And so he said, when you go to college, if you want to go for entertainment, that's fine. But like, you really should go for like, like, get the background. Like you can sing. We all know that. Like you can act, sure, take classes, maybe get into production, be a producer. And I was like, okay. So I went off to college and I wasn't like, I didn't major in music. I didn't major in like theater, but I, I still loved it. And I would like sing at like parties or like go to open mic nights. I didn't know you sang. It's, I've killed my voice with, oh. with my talking. I know. And, it's so sad. <laughs> you know what the truth is though? My mom was like, like years into me doing radio, my mom was like, honestly, you're fabulous at radio. You were okay at singing, if I'm being honest. And I was like, thank you. But it's good because I can like Thanks, I can put that <laughs> shit to rest, you know? Sometimes I can still right. carry like a damn good tune. And people will be like, damn girl, you can sing. And I'm like, sometimes. But like, yes, I used to be able to sing, sing. When I was in college, I, I went to Ithaca College and I went for communications. And so they had like a really prestigious communications program. Like, like just like side note, I didn't get into their communications program. I had to transfer in because like it was very, very competitive, but I like kind of like backdoored my way in. And then I wanted to go into audio production. So I was like, well, if I like music and I want to sing, wouldn't that be great? And then I, learned, I had to take physics of sound and I was like, I'm out. Physics. What? No. <laughs> So I switched over to television yeah, and radio right. as my major. And it was like production and like, but my passion was like documentary film. Like I love making documentaries. So I kind of thought that I would get into like video production of some sorts. And I spent my junior year at Ithaca in LA. Like we did an internship program. So instead of going abroad, we got to like go do internships in LA and make connections in the industry. That's like why Ithaca has such a great program. Oh. And, but then I, but so I'm like, I'm like working for this production company that did like Ellen DeGeneres comedy specials. And like, they did like a variety show for Nick and Jessica Lachey back in the day. I remember that. I remember that. Oh God, that was terrible. <laughs> 10th Planet Productions. He did like all the MTV, like music awards and video music awards. Like he produced like all these big events and I loved it, but I was like, and eh, this really isn't for me. And so, and I, and I just felt too far away from my family. I'm like a Boston girl. So I was like, I don't think I want to live in LA. And so I knew after college, I was like, I want to move to New York. But what the fuck am I going to do with this degree? Not being in LA. So I got into advertising. So I was like an advertising, like on the production side, booking like flights for talent to go to like Argentina to shoot a fucking Oreo commercial. And I would be like, as I'm booking this, this stuff, I'm like, I want to fucking the talent. I kind of had just like squashed my dreams like for practicality's sake. And then I'm like, no, I want to be the talent. And it just so happened 
that my best friend from college who I made forced her. I like made her be my roommate in New York because she was in Greenwich. So she, she could commute into the city from her mom's house. But I was in Boston. So I was like, bitch, we're getting an apartment together. She was the receptionist at Sirius XM Radio. And now she is Nicole Ryan of the morning mashup on Sirius XM Radio. Oh, I am. So yeah. beautiful I know that and is. fun and funny and just great. She was at the front desk and she was a receptionist. But that job, she got to know everybody in the building, everybody. And Howard Stern was like obsessed with her because it was like the hot receptionist. So she would like go on his show. <laughs> but like, so Nicole just knew everybody at Sirius. And so we like, and Nicole was a social director of my life. Like I'm lazy as shit. I'll, I'm a hermit. <laughs> but so Nicole be like, Hey, so so and so is having a party. So first we're gonna go here, have dinner here, then go here. And I was like, great. So like that was our dynamic. And so one night she was like, we're going to this serious party. And I was like, great. And I had learned like through like going to visit Nicole at work and stuff. I was like, I definitely want to fucking like come over here. But I was still like, I'll be, I'll produce a radio show. Like I was still very like wanting to be behind the scenes. And then we were at a party and this girl was there who had just gotten the job of being the programming director for Cosmopolitan Magazine Radio. And they were looking for a duo and they already had their eye on Nicole. And then they saw me with Nicole and then they saw me interacting. So apparently this, this programming director was told by her boss who like literally like discovered Opie and Anthony. And I think actually now he's still running Howard over at Sirius. Like he's like, his name is Jeremy Coleman. He's like a, an, an icon in like the programming side of radio. He said to her, if you go to a, a party or a bar or what, a, a place with a lot of people and there's somebody who's holding court with like, four to five, six people, and everybody's equally engaged, equally like included, that's a radio show host. And so she saw me doing it and she heard my voice and knew I was friends with Nicole. And so she went to Nicole the following Monday at work and was like, I want you to audition for Cosmo with that friend of yours. And she was like, she's my roommate. So we started to audition together. And I will say we both went to Ithaca. I think we were able to get the job because we had the confidence of like knowing what production was like. So like we did like written auditions. Like we had to do like, like basically like a written down, a rundown audition. And then they were like, okay, you pass that. Now come in and let's do like the on-air audition. But it was like live tape. So we auditioned for months and months and months and months and months. And then I, and then I got it and Nicole didn't. Can you imagine if you guys were all like going into season one of Vanderpump or like auditions and like, like you got it and like Kristen didn't, did that happen? Did something happen like that? I was just thinking, I'm like, I would probably be the one that didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Being on a show like Vanderpump Rules, I mean, like we, we all have like big personalities, but like everyone else is like bigger. And so I had to like really amp it up to like even meet them at like a six. That was for Cosmo Radio. But like, look at Nicole now. Like she actually like, th- th- that's a perfect example of like trust in life that like your path, it's almost like predetermined, you know? It's don't fight it too hard because you actually like not getting something might actually lead to something bigger and better. Like guess who didn't get fired from Sirius? Nicole. Guess who makes bank at Sirius? Nicole. <laughs> guess who gets to interview JLo like every fucking other day? Nicole. Nicole is fine. So- <laughs> You know, on, honestly, I wish I didn't get Cosmo and I got fucking morning mashup. Fuck. I miss though. I miss Wake Up With Taylor. I miss Fat Kid Fridays. You and Kenny. I mean, Kenny was so great. But don't forget, Kenny left before I got fired. So Wake Up With Taylor like changed, you know, when the day that Kenny, who was my co-host for like eight years, told me he was going to be moving to Pittsburgh. I thought that was the end of the of, of Wake Up With Taylor. I was like, kids, you know, chemistry's a thing. And you don't have it with everyone. So it's hard to come by like someone that you have that kind of rapport with. So, and it took me so long to find my Kenny. You know, like, like I, I went through so many co-hosts and so many producers to find like the right one. 
So when he told me he was moving to Pittsburgh, I was like, ah, oh, the show's over. But then we kept it alive for another, I would say like two years, three years. And then I got canceled. Right? And I got canceled. You know what? It's going back to this idea of cancel. You didn't get going canceled? Back to this idea of cancel culture. No, I do want to say this. I have a lot of conspiracy theories when it comes to why I got fired and what exactly led to me being fired. What, like, what, what was the ultimate, like, determination? It was that I was in breach of contract. But, like, everybody is in breach of that contract every single day working there. That contract is so ironclad, it's crazy. I think Sirius is, like, a lot of ignoring when people breach contract. But I think my head was already on the chopping block, and they were waiting for me to breach contract. That's just my opinion. I don't have no evidence to this fact. This is just what I feel in my gut. But I will say this too. It was kind of like right when Instagram was popping up and Facebook was like kind like was like around, but like it was becoming more and more of a thing. But like during my divorce, like this weird like Reddit stuff started popping up about me and my radio show because I couldn't talk about my separation for like a year or yeah, for like, no, like six months. My lawyer said I couldn't talk about it. And so it was so open and so honest on the radio show. I'm sure you remember, but that was the first time I was, I kind of ever had to be a little cloak and dagger about something. And the audience was going crazy. And like, people were like, like DMing me and emailing me. Like, if you don't tell us what's going on, we're going to fucking cancel. And I was like, you guys, <laughs> read between the lines. I'm not allowed to talk about it. I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm not allowed when I'm allowed, wink, wink, my lawyer, wink, wink, I'll talk about it. Like, that's what people need to understand. Sometimes when people aren't talking about stuff, like, especially if they're in the public eye, it's because they fucking can't. Like, be patient and you'll get to hear their side of the story, especially if it's somebody who's a blabbermouth like me, okay? Eventually, you'll hear (laughs) their side. It's just sometimes when you're dealing with, like, legality, like, judges don't like public talkers. So if you think you might have to go to court, you have to shut the fuck up, which is like, of course, when you're getting a divorce, you might have to go to court. So anyway, so during that time, rabid fans that were like, they were like old school, like OG, like in day one fans, they kind of started to like turn on me and get frustrated and angry with me, which I understand. Like once I finally announced the divorce and I was like dating Taylor and that was a secret for a while because I wasn't ready to come out right after I, I announced my divorce. Oh yeah. I was like not being like a hundred percent like authentic in myself. And so it was like, it was causing like, I don't know, frustration or maybe like disappointment with the audience. That was like the first time I really experienced like, like not like a troll here or there, but like a, like a, like well-organized collective group of trolldom. And then once I, like, I was finally back on the same page and like out about Taylor and like, of course my divorce, then like, they just like, didn't go away. And there's this interesting thing with trolls that I read. I don't know if I've talked about this with Katie, but like the six, the six stages of trolldom, almost like the stages of grief. So basically you have like some, like, so we can all be like a little troll-like, right? Like, like, like there's like, there's like, you watch somebody on TV and you're like, like, oh my God, I found this person. They're amazing. And then you're like, oh my God, I love this person. They're mine. And then you like realize that like other people know them too. And you're like, wait, I don't like them as much. And you're like, oh wait, fuck it. I do like it then still. But then they do something. You're like, I hate this person. And then like, and then you might <laughs> yeah. like just disengage. And then like, maybe like a year later, you're like, wait, I do like Kim Kardashian. She's so crazy. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like, <laughs> like, I think a lot of us as fans of stuff, like go through this, but what separates a troll from just like a regular fan is the last phase. So the first phase is I think discovery. I found this person like your mom with me. I found this person. She's great. Yeah, like, oh my God, I love this. Like, 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 this person's great. I discovered this person. Second phase is like, I love this person. This person's amazing. They're great, blah, blah, blah. Third phase is I own this person. They're mine. And then the fourth phase is they realize they, they can't actually, they don't own you and they don't control you. So like maybe your mom's best friend, oh. who she kind of secretly, like not her best friend, but like a friend of hers who she like doesn't really like that much, but they like talk. It's like, oh my God, I found this girl, Taylor Strucker on Wicked But Taylor. She's so great. And your mom's like, um, I found her. And this woman, no, I did. And then your mom's like, nothing. Your mom's a horrible person to use for this. 
at home. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, then you realize that the person isn't yours and you can't control them. And then you move into the phase of hate. Okay. We all have experienced hate before. That's fine. But this last phase, phase six, after hate troll comes destruction. And the phase is, I hate this person. And then they go to, I will destroy this person. And that's cancel culture. And so cancel culture is built off the backs of that mentality. Cause like there's things that I fucking hate. I don't like Ariel Charnas. I don't like something maybe. I'm not a fan at all. Haven't been for a time. Fair. And I know her from real life. Okay. So I from real life don't like her, but I, I dislike her more with her social media presence. But for me, she was triggering me with the skinny stuff. I couldn't handle her being that thin and talking about eating cheeseburgers and grilled cheese and French fries. It made me jealous and angry and want to throw things. So I unfollowed her because I didn't want to subject myself to it. You know what I mean? Never in my life was I, was I, was I like, I'm going to like go on her page and torture her. Never was I like, I'm going to call her bosses and get her fired. Like what? You can have those thoughts or those, even those conversations with your friends, but I don't understand how someone is driven to like going on their social media, going on that person's like, I page. Never, I never wrote Nordstrom and was like, don't do a partnership with her. Typing out this like hateful message and then hitting send, like all the steps you have to go through to just be a really awful, hateful, negative person to somebody. There's a lot to like, to have to go through to never stop yourself and be like, Oh, I, I have heard from like other listeners, like there are people that are like in fan Facebook groups with each other. And like, there are people in those Facebook groups who have like found the personal information of like people that don't agree with them on the Facebook group and called their companies and tried to get them fired. Like that's some fucking crazy shit. And I'm talking, these aren't celebrities. These are real people to probably like troll accounts, but other real people. But like, that's the thing. It's like, so cancel culture, yes, of course we see it in like its greatest form with celebrity, but like cancel culture is happening like IRL. So for me with my radio show, I think that I had some trolls who might've reached out to Sirius when I like, you know, was whatever in breach of contract and like demanded for my head on a platter. A company could have like 10 to 15, like really angry, passionate customers reach out. And sometimes even with massive media corporations, that is enough for a company to fire people because they don't want to take the risk. I have a conspiracy theory and I do think that I was like one of the first people to get canceled by their own audience members. I'm not even joking. And I lost my job. I lost my job. But it's like people like cancel them, but they still follow Taylor Swift and one of her new songs. Oh, I'm sad. <laughs> if I'm dead to you, then why are you at my wake? Basically, it's like, it's like if, you, if you don't want to see this person anymore and you think they're so awful and terrible, disengage. unfollow. Disengage. Disengage. Unfollow. You guess, guess what? You have that freedom to not ever have to look or see that person again. They're not in your life. Like, I don't even remember on the radio show. It was like when people be like, this show and this, this, and like on series. And we like, Kenny and I were like, Turn the channel. There's so many other shows on Sirius. Go find another one if you don't like it. What the fuck? Goes back to the, again, the recreational outrage. Like that's some people get off on that. Some people are like that sweet release that they get from feeling like they can destroy other people, like, like feeds them. Did you ever see the movie Molly's Game? Okay, so, 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 so I forget. So what's that guy's name? The, the cute guy with the little list. He's the kid who was in like uh, super bad. He's like the nerdy kid from super bad. Oh, Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah's so in it. And he's he's supposed to be playing, I think it's Toby Maguire, right? Wasn't that the rumor? Was that Toby Maguire was like in the middle of that Hollywood? I thought Jesse Eisenberg was playing Toby Maguire. No, Jesse Eisenberg is not in it. So it's 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 him. It's the guy that you just said. Are we sure? Well, the point is, <laughs> is that the care 
says, whoever plays them, and I, I think he was supposed to be playing Tobey Maguire, but I'm not sure. But he's like, she said at some point, like, why do you do this? And he was like, I like to destroy lives. He says it like he's like a total fucking sociopath. So maybe they're just like, I, like, sometimes I wonder, I'm like, did social media, like giving everybody a platform and everybody a voice, did social media bring out this ugliness in people of destruction? Or has that like ugliness just always been there and people didn't have a way to really execute it unless they were like, like murders? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I think it's always been there. It's lived in people, but now they've been given tools to get it out of them and to get it onto other people. And like, that's the destruction that level six. I don't understand the destruction. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, for example, like, and again, I'm sorry, I keep going back to this. And if, and if, you know, if I'm sure Ward has already gone back to her that I don't say very nice things about her, the damage is done. But like with Ariel Charnas, for example, and some, you want know, somebody listening right now that has listened to my radio show, they might be like Taylor Strecker, you fucking, you're so full of shit. You talk so much crap about that girl. Wouldn't you call that like destroying and being like, you know, like a troll? I guess, yes, one could say that. But I have to say like, if she got canceled because of something I directly did, I would feel horrible. Like I would do everything to undo that. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I don't want that blood on my hands. I don't want to like destroy someone's career or like, like I I wish less people followed her because I feel like I'll, I feel like yeah. I have a lot of friends that I know that they do hate follow her. And it's like, it's bad for their own psyche. I wish people were better at just like ignoring the things that like aren't good for them and like focusing on things that are positive. But like at the end of the day, like this idea of like something happened recently with my parents' company. They were like switching over the phone system. It was like a whole thing. My dad's a doctor, whatever. It ended up not working. The phone system was like way, like, yeah, it like, it sounded amazing, but like it was actually causing more problems than good. And so we just like got rid of like, my, my parents were like, we're just going to go back to the old system. This isn't working for us. Right. But like the guy from the company that was working with them, like, of course, when they told the company, we're like going back to the old one, they're like, why? And they're like, cause this guy is frustrating to work with. But my mom was like, but please don't fire him. My mom, you know what I mean? Like she was like, we're in a pandemic and yes, like, like people are losing drama. She's like, did I like working with him? No, I did not. And it was very frustrating. And she's like, however, like, I don't want to get him in trouble because people need their jobs right now. And, and like, and again, who wants that on their hands? Who wants to get someone fired, you know? And so that's the thing with cancel. So to like, to go like even away from celebrity with cancel culture, the type of people who like walk into a department store and like can't return a dress they've worn 15 times and there's fucking period stains on it. And like, they can't return <laughs> it. And they're like, let me see your manager. And they want to get like every person on the floor that didn't give them what they want fired. I guess those are the people that turn into internet trolls. You want to be a fucking Karen, keep it up, Karen. <laughs> yeah, Karen's like, I understand why like, they lose their job when they're out in the world, you know, saying racist shit. That canceling I'm here for. That I'm here for. My favorite account right now is Karen's Going Wild. Oh it's my God, I'm going to follow. Amazing. Her. It's just... It's it's just pure gold. I mean, it, and it's also really disturbing to watch because it's just you're like, oh my god, I can't believe like these people exist. I mean, I guess I can, but like, holy shit, like these people are but awful. Just you know, those Karens going wild. All the Karens videos that we've seen, what's happening to them right now is called karma. Because guess who are the people who like are the leaders usually of cancel culture? A Karen's. The Karen's. A Karen's. Yeah. So like, how does it feel, Karen? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like all the people, and that's the thing too. Like, like, and I'm sure you see this too, Katie. But like, you guys, like you and your co-stars on Vanderpump, like you guys have, like you guys get it so much worse than me. But like, and but but I I see it on my pages, but I also see it on y'all's pages too. A lot of times, the people who are the most venomous in the comments 
or the or so venomous in the DMs or whatever, if you go to their accounts, they're always fake accounts. Always. It's always zero followers, zero pictures, always private. Usually they have like a weird bot photo or like a cartoon. Sometimes they'll have a real picture that you know it's probably just like it's like a it's a catfish picture. But it's like I'm like, oh hey, not real person. Thanks for the opinions. Like if you want to come at me, use your real fucking identity. So I can call your boss and get you fucking fired. The ones that are making those comments, you go and it's either a fake account or it's like mom of three, love Jesus, and with some like Bible quote. And I'm just like, ugh. Any positivity and love in 2020 peace emoji. It's like you spend your life in the land of negatory. Yeah. And I and there are people that I see on like my friends posts, other like people that I follow post saying the same nasty shit. These are just miserable people. And they think like, and if you ever respond to them, they're like, well, the way you talk to your husband, I'm like, so, so because me and my husband got in a fight, you're allowed to talk to me like this. I don't fucking think so. What's that logic? They're like, you're mean to Kristen. So this is, so I'm like, so, so you're going to what? Give me my punishment. Like, I don't know you bitch. Like get the fuck off my page. If you don't like me, if you don't like me, don't follow me. Why are you on my, why are you in my comment section? So I'm going to be honest. Like I understand getting mad at reality TV stars. I get it. I'm, I'm a watcher of the shows. I scream at the TV when Kyle Richards walks on. Oh my God. That's normal. That's fine. Last season of Vanderpump um, Rules, I had to stop watching it. My girlfriend, Taylor, made me stop watching it because she said every time Ariana was on the camera, on the screen, I would start screaming and yelling at her on TV. And Tay was like, this is not healthy. And also you met her and you liked her. So this is very confusing. I, I was like, I don't know what's going on either. But like that thing is like, so fine, yell at the TV. Yell at the TV. That's what I do. But like, that's fine. I have never reached out to Ariana and like been like, yeah, they're not a bear pop when you said this. It made me so angry. Because like, yes, yelling at the TV <laughs> alone is embarrassing enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, listen, I get being a passionate viewer and being passionately engaged. I think it's awesome. And actually, like as entertainers, it's our job to evoke emotion. So like, if you guys don't, if you don't, if you're indifferent about us, that's the worst. So if ultimately right. I want you to love me, but if I can't get you to love me, I guess hate's the second best. But I just have to say like, and you can hate me. You can hate me quietly. You can hate follow me. Like, I, like for example, one of my really good friends, she hate follows. I'm sorry, I keep bringing her up. Ariel Charnas. And she always sends me screenshots like, can you believe this bitch? But my friend has never once trolled her. Never once. Why can't we just all be polite and talk behind each other's back? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, right? right? Like a normal person. You Selling Sunset? Oh, I've watched, I've binged so it all. And- but like when Chris Shell recently was like, you know, I used to always say, say it to my face. You know what? Can you guys just go ahead and say it behind my back? I'm like, true words have never been spoken. Like, I remember when I was in, when I was married to Wesbin. I, like, I, yeah, I oh my husband. God. Like, I used to be the queen of like, I wish I would just like know where I stood with people. And after like being married to him and like having to deal with his family for however long we were married, I was like, can they just all like pre- pretend to be nice to my face and go back to like talking shit when I'm not in the room? Cause like, I can't with this. Like, and I know it sounds crazy because, Ultimately, we, we all want to know where we stand. But my God, people, until we can like kind of get it in check and like be like, <laughs> oh, well, I disagree with you. But like and, and like leave it there. Like Danielle Bernstein, you like her, you don't like her. No one should tell her to, that they want her to get raped and killed. That's fucking crazy. No. Awful. You know what awful, needs to happen? Awful. Like authorities, like like there needs to be some. It's a wild, wild west on the Internet. And and things mm-hmm. are actually starting to happen. Justin Bieber is, I think it's like something 
crazy, like $68 million. Uh, some huge thing that he's suing those girls for. Accused of sexually assaulting these girls. And a judge just recently gave the AOK to let Justin's lawyers go to Twitter and demand the true identities of those, of those accounts. And you know what that's doing? It's setting precedent. And it's a fucking great precedent. Because what it says is, you can't make false accusations on the internet just because you think you're anonymous. Somehow, somewhere, some nerd computer genius can figure out who the fuck you are. And guess what? Yeah. Like, you're going to have to answer for all this chaos you've caused. If you lie about somebody, it's called defamation of character. It's called libel. Character. It's, it's illegal. illegal. It's very so illegal. Martha Stewart had to go to jail for fucking insider trading. Guess what, bitch? Your ass needs to go too <laughs> for fucking falsely accusing somebody of something serious. Like, that's not fair to Justin Bieber. And you know, I'm not a fan of Justin Bieber, but I'm a fan of this fight. I also love Sorry. I also love that he dresses like he has his period all the time. I'm here for all of it. You know, he was mean to me. <laughs> I think we've talked about this. It definitely was not my finest moment at Sirius XM Radio. Truly, that's when I thought I would get fired. I lasted like five years after that, which is a miracle because that was a fuck up on my part. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, you had a bad interview did, with him. I'm a monster. Um, I thought I was Chelsea Handler. He's like, "Bitch, I don't even know you." And I just got awkward like fast, but he did hug me to calm me down. Again, just like kill me now. It was so oh, embarrassing. Jealous, but it's like you know, I just, I, I, I feel like that's kind of the issue is that like for so long people have been doing all this stuff consequenceless, right? And yeah. I think that we're going to start to turn into a time where. It's like, okay, you can say whatever you want, like within like reason on social media. Can't be this lawless land on the internet where people can like literally send death threats and say, I want you to get raped and killed without consequence. Because if you say that to someone in the, like whatever you would say in person or in IRL would have serious consequences. So why do you get to do it online? And, and, there's, and there's people on the receiving end that are human beings. And just because of what you don't think they deserve it because you don't agree with them because they have different opinions than you or something that happened that they did that you don't like, that you think that you can speak, how, like they're still human beings at the end of the day and there's no decency I know, in that. I you actually get in big trouble for saying that you're going to kill somebody. I know this from a personal experience. I was on the radio, uh, Wake Up With Taylor, with Kenny, okay? Oh no. There was a girl on a different channel. She was on, ironically, the Martha Stewart channel. And she was really rude to Kenny one day. So Kenny came on the air a couple of days later and he was like, I met this girl in like our shared office. She was such a bitch. I hate her. She sucks. And he was saying not nice things about her, like physically, which wouldn't fly today. But like back then you kind of get away with it. And then, and then he said something like the next time I see her, I'm going to mud wrestle her or whatever. So like through like the, like the game of telephone that is radio with the audiences, it got back to her that Kenny said, I'm going to kill her. I want to kill her. So her like nerdo producer comes into our office and he's like, just saying, you know, we heard that Kenny said he wants to kill her and we're, we're calling the authorities and we're like, fuck. And of course, Kenny had just gone on vacation. So he wasn't even there. And so my other co-host and I were like, we literally went, we were digging through the entire week. Like the, the radio show back then was four hours long, people. No music. Okay. Yeah. We need to go through yeah. every <laughs> single episode from that week because we couldn't remember the day he said it. And we're like, we have to like, because if he said he killed her, we have to call him and tell him he's got to get a lawyer, legit. And then we fucking found it. And he said, mud wrestle. It was the best. And so then we walked into the guy's office at like <laughs> six o'clock on a Friday. We were like, hey, he said mud wrestle. The police can't do anything about that. Bye. But like, that's the thing is like you like, yeah, like, hey, just because you have like an egg for your profile picture doesn't mean that you have like an actual like, like information attached to that, like, like fake account or whatever, or that like that catfish account. And if you say, I hope you get raped and killed. Yeah, somebody should be able to press charges against somebody that says that. 
Absolutely. I 100% agree. And I think, and I think with Justin Bieber, if this sets come kind of precedence, if this is like the example, the shiny example for people to stop and think like, oh God, like, like if whatever ends up happening with this, if this, if these identities are found, the press charges, if there's real serious consequences and like jail time, even not even just being sued and having to, you know, pay money, but actual, actual fines. consequences fines are good too. Nobody wants to get hit in the wallet. Some kind of like big consequence to something like that. I think I, I would hope that it would force people to pause. Do I want to say this? Is this something that I could get in really serious trouble for? I find myself doing it now on social media, just because like even social media, like if you're like a, if you have a big platform or if you have a blue check mark, which I don't have yet, but like that's besides the point. I'm super pissed about it. We'll talk about that another <laughs> occasion. But you know, like for example, like somebody posted something. Well, I remember exactly what it was. Dossie, she posted like about two months ago. She was like writing her book at the Four Seasons. I'm sorry, Beverly Hills Hotel. And my favorite salad in the world is a salad at the Beverly Hills. Oh, the McCarthy salad. salad. Dossie knows that. And so I was like, so she posted something from Beverly Hills Hotel. And she like tagged me like at Taylor Strecker, like, ha ha. And I, and I went and I, I went to repost it and I wrote immediately, boo, you whore. Cause it's my favorite line ever from Mean Girl. And I then I immediately it. went, I fuck, is boo, you whore going to get me like shadow banned on Instagram? You know what I mean? And so I thought to myself, well, fuck that. It's comedy. And I want to say it. So I'm going to fucking say it. But then I was like, you know what? I guess it's not worth it because if I get shadow banned for Boo You Whore, like that's not a funny enough joke for me to lose my count over. So I went back and I fucking changed it. That's the thing is that I have to think about that. You have to think about that. We all have to think about that. So maybe it's time for like, so public figures have to think about that. But it's time for private citizens to also have to think about that. I just think it's, it needs to just be like a general rule for everybody. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, have you ever done anything in your life that like, you regret or you were ashamed of, or you wish that like, you know, I, trust me, I bet, I mean, a lot of people benefit from not being the public guy. Because if you were held up to the same mirror that a lot of people are in the public guy, you would fail fucking miserably. Like, just like, I, I just feel like a little compassion, a little empathy, and like wanting to make, get, we make the world a better place by like helping people learn to do better. Not by saying like, you made a mistake, now you're fucking done forever. So to answer your question an hour later, do I like cancel culture? No, I don't. <laughs> love it I love talking to you I miss you I want to like hang out with you in real life that's that's the one thing about this all this that really blows is like I don't know if I want to get on a plane just yet maybe I don't know I have talked a lot about it with people who have had to get on planes and they actually say it's not as bad yeah my friend Courtney is here right now and she just came from New York and she like I feel like her, her flight was mostly empty yeah too. that's what people keep saying like it's probably it's almost like now maybe it's a restaurant but then you get on a flight and it's right, packed exactly and then you have like a fucking panic attack I know I miss you guys I mean I miss you guys so much like Tay, my Tay and I have been talking about coming out to California for like a while now so I think we'll be out there like in I would say more like September I w we were hoping for August but like now that y'all have like you're like fucking the same as Florida. So. <laughs> well, we also, we have twice as many people in California. We got four, our population is 40 also, million. Also, who am I to talk to? Jersey's just up there with you guys. So. I mean, like, I'm not trying to like downplay anything, but like when people look at our numbers, like Florida has half as many people as we do. Okay. They've got 20 million people. We got 40 million people in California. And even in Los Angeles County alone, we're, 
majority of the cases are, there's 10 million right. people. It's, it's like, like New York City. It's, it's, like, it's, new, it's more New yeah. York City. I mean, California is a very, a very big state. It like literally covers the it's entire very, West Coast, essentially. When you kind of look at it from that perspective, you're like, okay. Sometimes it's hard to like rely on like the news to make decisions about what's going on, you know? Like, cause like, cause if you watch the news, like I'm never getting on a fucking plane again. <laughs> right now I'm just focusing on what the Pentagon's going to release about UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I care about right now. But anyway, but thank you so, 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 so much for, for coming on my little podcast I love here. to rant and rave. Are you kidding me? It's my favorite. Thank you for having me on your podcast. What do you mean little big podcast? I'm so proud of you, by the way, that you're doing this <laughs> podcast. Like I know this has been a labor of love for a while. So I'm just so happy and I'm so proud of you. And now I don't have to have brainstorming sessions with you anymore. <laughs> we always need to have brainstorming just sessions. Just kidding. But okay, well, I'll let, I'll let you go. I won't take up any more time because you're a busy gal. Katie, I love you. Thank you for having me, sweetie. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review, follow along on social at Music Kills Kate, and tune in next week for an all new episode. Bye.